Act 5 of The Hunchback by James Sheridan Knowles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene 1. An Apartment in the Earl of Rochdale's. Enter Helen and Fathom. For the long and short of it is this. If she marries this lord, she'll break her heart. I wish you could see her, madam. Poor lady. How looks she, prithee? Marry, for all the world like a dripping wet cambric handkerchief. She has no colour, nor strength in her, and does nothing but weep. Poor lady. Tell me again what she said to thee. She offered to me all she was mistress of to take the letter to Master Clifford. She drew her purse from her pocket, the ring from her finger. She took the very earrings out of her ears. But I was forbidden and refused. And now I am sorry for it, poor lady. Thou shouldst be sorry. Thou hast a hard heart, Fathom. Ay, madam. My heart is as soft as a woman's. You should have seen me when I came out of her chamber, poor lady. Did you cry? No, but I was as near it as possible. I, a hard heart, I would do anything to serve her, poor sweet lady. Will you take her letter? asks she you again. No. I am forbid. Will you help Master Clifford to an interview with her? No, Master Walter would find it out. Will you contrive to get me into her chamber? No, you would be sure to bring me into mischief. Go to. You would do nothing to serve her. You, a soft heart, you have no heart at all. You feel not for her. But I tell you I do, and good right I have to feel for her. I have been in love myself. With your dinner? I would it had been. My pain would soon have been over, and at little cost. A fortune I squandered upon her. Trinkets, trimmings, treatings. What swallowed up the revenue of a whole year? Wasn't I in love? Six months I courted her, and a dozen crowns, all but one did I disperse for her in that time. Wasn't I in love? An ostler, a tapster, and a constable courted her at the same time, and I offered to cudgel the whole three of them for her. Wasn't I in love? You art a valiant man, Fathom. Am I not? Walks not the earth, the man I am afraid of? Fear you not, Master Walter? No. You do? I don't. I'll prove it to you. You see him breaking your young mistress's heart, and have not the manhood to stand by her. What could I do for her? Let her out of prison. It were the act of a man. That man am I. Well said, brave Fathom. But my place? I'll provide thee with a better one. Tis a capital place. So little to do and so much to get for it. Six pounds in the year, two suits of livery, shoes and stockings, and a famous larder. It'd be a bold man that would put such a place in jeopardy. My place, madam my place i tell thee i'll provide thee with a better place thou shalt have less to do and more to get now fathom hast thou the courage to stand by thy mistress i have that's right i'll let my lady out and her master walter unperceived that's right when fathom to-night she is to be married to-night this evening then master walter is now in the library the key is on the outside, and I'll lock him in. Excellent. You'll do it. Rely upon it. 
how he'll stare when he finds himself a prisoner and my young lady at liberty most excellent you'll be sure to do it depend upon me when fathom undertakes a thing he defies fire and water master walter coming forward fathom sir assemble straight the servants yes sir mind and have them in the hall when i come down yes sir and see you do not stir a step but what i order you not an inch sir see that you don't away fathom goes out so my fair mistress what's this you have been plotting an escape for mistress julia i avow it do you yes and moreover to your face i tell you most hardly do you use her verily i wonder where's her spirit had she mine she would not take it so easily do you mean to force this marriage on her with your leave you laugh without it then i don't laugh now if i were she i'd find a way to escape what would you do i'd leap out the window your window should be barred i'd cheat you still i'd hang myself ere i'd be forced to marry well said you shall be married then to-night married to-night as sure as i have said it two words to that pray who's to be my bridegroom a daughter's husband is her father's choice my father's daughter ne'er shall wed such husband indeed i'll pick a husband for myself indeed indeed sir and indeed again go dress yourself in a marriage ceremony but master walter what is it you mean and her modus here comes your cousin he shall be your bridesman the thought's a sudden one that will excuse defect in your appointments a plain dress so tis of white it will do i'll dress in black i'll quit the castle that you shall not do its doors are guarded with my lord's domestics its avenues its grounds what you must do do with a good grace in an hour or less your father will be here make up your mind to take with thankfulness the man he gives you now aside if they find not out how beats their hearts i have no skill not i in feeling pulses goes out why cousin modus what will you stand by and see me forced to marry cousin modus have you not got a tongue have you not eyes do you not see i'm very very ill and not a chair in all the corridor uh, i'll find one in the study hang the study my room's at hand i'll fetch one thence you shan't i'd faint ere you came back what, what shall i do why don't you offer to support me well give me your arm be quick modus offers his arm is that the way to help a lady when she's like to faint i'll drop unless you catch me modus supports her that will do i'm better now modus offers to leave her don't leave me is one well because one's better hold my hand keep so i'll soon recover so you move not loves he aside shall be sworn he does he'll own it now well cousin modus well sweet cousin well you heard what master walter said i did and would you have me marry can't you speak say yes or no no cousin bravely said and why my gallant cousin why ay why 
women, you know, are fond of reasons. Why would you not have me marry? How you blush. Is it because you do not know the reason? You mind me of a story of a cousin who once her cousin such a question asked. He had not been to college, though, for books. He passed his time in reading ladies' eyes, which he could construe marvelously well, though written language all symbolical. Thus stood they once together, on a day, as we stand now, discoursed as we discourse, but with this difference. Fifty gentle words he spoke to her, for one she spoke to him. What a dear cousin! Well, as I did say, as now I questioned thee, she questioned him. And what was his reply? To think of it sets my heart beating. "'Twas so kind a one, so like a cousin's answer, a, a dear cousin, a gentle, honest, gallant, loving cousin. What did he say? A man might find it out, though never read he Ovid's art of love. What did he say? He'd marry her himself. How stupid you are, cousin. Let me go. You are not well yet? Yes. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure I am. Nay, let me hold you, cousin. I like it. Do you? I would wager you could not tell me why you like it. Well, you see how true I know you. How you stare. What see you in my face to wonder at? A pair of eyes. At last he'll find his tongue. Aside. And saw you ne'er a pair of eyes before? Not such a pair. And why? They are so bright. You have a Grecian nose. Indeed. Indeed. What kind of mouth have I? A handsome one. I never saw so sweet a pair of lips. I never saw lips at all till now, dear cousin. Cousin, I'm well. You need not hold me now. Do you not hear? I tell you I am well. I need your arm no longer. Take it away. So tight it locks me. Tis with pain I breathe. Let me go, cousin. Wherefore do you hold your face so close to mine? What do you mean? You've questioned me. Now I'll question you. What would you learn? The use of lips. To speak. Not else. How bold my modest cousin grows. Why, other use know you? I do. Indeed. You're wondrous wise. And pray, what is it? This. Attempt to kiss her. Soft. My hand thanks you, cousin, for my lips I'll keep them for a husband. Nay, stand off. I'll not be held in manacles again. Why do you follow me? I love you, cousin. Oh, cousin, say you so. That's passing strange. Falls out most crossly is a dire mishap. A thing to sigh for, weep for, languish for, and... Die for. Die for. Yes, with laughter, cousin. For cousin, I love you. And you'll be mine? I will. Your hand upon it? Hand and heart. Hide to thy dressing room, and I'll to mine. Attire thee for the altar, so will I. Whoe'er may claim me, thou art the man shall have me. Away! 
dispatch, but hark you ere you go. Ne'er brag of reading Ovid's art of love. And Carson, stop. One little word with you. She returns. He snatches a kiss. They go out severally. Scene two, Julia's chamber. Enter Julia. No word from him. An evening now set in. He cannot play me false. His messenger is dogged, or the letter intercepted. I am beset with spies. No rescue, no escape. The hour at hand that brings my bridegroom home. No relative to aid me, friend to counsel me. A knock at the door. Come in. Enter two female attendants. Your will. Your toilet waits, my lady. Tis time you dress. Tis time I die. A peal of bells. What's that? Your wedding bells, my lady. Merrily they ring my knell. Second attendant presents an open case. And pray you, what are these? Your wedding jewels. Set them by. Indeed. Was ne'er a braver set. A necklace, brooch, and earrings all of brilliance. With a hoop to guard your wedding ring. Twould need a guard that lacks a heart to keep it. Here's a heart suspended from the necklace. One huge diamond embedded in a host of smaller ones. Oh, how it sparkles! Show it me. Bright heart, thy lustre should I wear thee would be false, for thou the emblem art of love and truth, from her that wears thee unto him that gives thee. Back to thy case, better thou shouldst never leave it, better thy gems a thousand fathoms deep in their native mine again, than grace my neck and lend thy fair face to palm off a lie. Wilt please you dress? Ah, in infected clothes new from a pest-house. Leave me. If I dress, I dress alone. Oh, for a friend. Time gallops. Attendants go out. He that should guard me is mine enemy, constrains me to abide the fatal die, my rashness, not my reason cast. He comes that will exact the forfeit. Must I pay it? E'en at the cost of utter bankruptcy? What's to be done? Pronounce the vow that parts my body from my soul? To what it loathes links that, while this is linked to what it loves. Condemned to such perdition, what's to be done? Stand at the altar in an hour from this? An hour from thence, seated at his board, a wife. Thence, frenzies in that thought. What is to be done? And her master Walter. What? Run the waves so high? Not ready yet? Your lord will soon be here. The guests collect. Show me some way to scape these nuptials. Do it. Some opening for avoidance or escape or to thy charge I'll lay a broken heart. It may be broken vows and blasted honour, or else a mind distraught. What's this? The strait I'm fallen into my patience cannot bear. It frights my reason, warps my sense of virtue. Religion changes me into a thing I look at with abhorring. Listen to me. Listen to me if this contract thou holdest me to abide thou the result answer to heaven for what i suffer 
act prepare thyself for such calamity to fall on me and those whose evil stars have linked them with me as no past mishap however rare and marvellously sad can parallel lay thy account to live a smileless life die an unpitied death abhorred abandoned of thy kind as one who had the guarding of a young maid's peace looked on and saw her rashly peril it and when she saw her danger and confessed her fault compelled her to complete her ruin hast done another moment and i have be warned beware how you abandon me to myself i'm young rash inexperienced tempted by a most insufferable misery bold desperate and reckless thou hast age experience wisdom and collectedness power freedom everything that i have not yet want as none e'er wanted thou canst save me thou oughtst thou must i tell thee at his feet i fell a course ere mount his bridal bed so choose twixt my rescue and my grave and quickly too the hour of sacrifice is near anon the immolating priest will summon me devise some speedy means to cheat the altar of its victim do it nor leave the task to me hast done i have then list to me and silently if not with patience brings chairs for himself and her how i watch thee from thy childhood i'll not recall to thee thy father's wisdom whose humble instrument i was directed your knowledge should be passed in privacy from your apt mind that far outstripped your years fearing the taint of an infected woe for in the rich grounds weeds once taking root grow strong as flowers he might be right or wrong i thought him right and therefore did his bidding most certainly he loved you so did i i well as i had been myself your father his hand is resting upon his knee julia attempts to take it he withdraws it looks at her she hangs her head well you may take my hand i need not say how fast you grew in knowledge and in goodness that hope could scarcely enjoy its golden dreams so soon fulfilment realized them all enough you came to womanhood her heart pure as the leaf of the consummate bud that's new unfolded by the smiling sun and ne'er new blight nor canker julia attempts to place her other hand on his shoulder he leans from her looks at her she hangs her head again put it there where left i off i know when a good woman is fitly mated she grows doubly good how good soe'er before i found the man i thought a match for thee and soon as found proposed him to thee twas your father's will occasion offering you should be married soon as you reached to womanhood you liked my choice accepted him we came to town where by important matters summoned thence i left you an affianced bride you did you did <laughs> leans her head upon her hand and weeps nay check thy tears let judgment now not passion be awake 
On my return I found thee, what? I'll not describe the thing I found thee then. I'll not describe my pangs to see thee such a thing. The engineer who lays the last stone of the sea-built tower it cost him years and years of toil to raise, and smiling at it tells the winds and waves to roar and whistle now, but in a night beholds the tempest sporting in its place may look aghast as I did. Julia, falling on her knees. Pardon me. Forgive me. Pity me. Resume thy seat. Raises her. I pity thee, perhaps not thee alone. It fits to sue for pardon. Me alone, none other. But to vindicate myself, I name thy lover's stern desertion of thee. What was thou then, with wounded pride, a thing to leap into a torrent, throw itself from a precipice, rush into a fire? I saw thy madness, knew to thwart it were to chafe it, and humoured it to take that course, I thought, adopted, least would rue. Twas wisely done. At least twas for the best. To blame thee for it was adding shame to shame. But, Master Walter, these nuptials, must they needs go on? Servant, entering. More guests arrive. Attend to them. Servant goes out. Dear Master Walter, is there no way to escape these nuptials? Knowest not what with these nuptials comes? Hast thou forgot? What? Nothing. I did tell thee of a thing. What was it? To forget it was a fault. Look back and think. I can't remember it. Fathers, make straws your children. Nature's nothing, blood nothing. Once in others' veins it runs. It no more yearneth for the parent flood than doth the stream that from the source departs. Talk not of love instinctive. What you call so is but the brat of custom. Your own flesh by habit cleaves to you, without has no adhesion. Aside. So you have forgot you have a father, and are here to meet him. I'll not deny it. You should blush for it. No. No, here, Master Walter, what's a father that you have not been to me? Nay, turn not from me, for at the name a holy awe I own, that now almost inclines my knee to earth, but thou to me, except a father's name, hast all the father been, the care, the love, the guidance, the protection of a father. Canst wonder, then, if like thy child I feel, and feeling so, that father's claim forget, whom ne'er I knew save the name of one? O oh, turn to me, do not chide me, or thou wilt chide, chide on but turn to me master walter struggling with emotion my julia embraces her now dear master walter hear me is there no way to scape these nuptials julia a promise made admits not of release save by consent or forfeiture of those who hold it so it should be pondered well before we let it go ere man should say i broke the word i had the power to keep i'd lose the life i had the power to part with remember julia thou and i to-day must to thy father of thy training render a strict account while honour's left to us we have something 
nothing having all but that now for thy last act of obedience julia present thyself before thy bridegroom she assents good my julia's now herself show him thy heart and to his honour leave it to set thee free or hold thee bound thy father will be by scene three the banqueting room enter master walter and master hartwell thanks master walter there was a child more bent to do her father's will you'll own than mine yet never one more froward all runs fair fair may all end to-day you'll learn the cause that took me out of town but soft a while here comes the bridegroom with his friends and here the all-obedient bride enter on one hand julia and on the other hand lord rochdale with lord tinsel and friends afterwards clifford is she not fair she'll do your servant lady master walter we're glad to see you sirs you're welcome all what wait they for are we to wed or not we're ready why don't they present the bride i hope they know she is to wed an earl should i speak first not for your coronet i as your friend may make the first advance we've come here to be married where's the bride there stands she lord if tis her will to wed his lordship's free to take her not a step i as your friend may lead her to your lordship fair lady by your leave no not to you i ask your hand to give it to his lordship nor to his lordship save he will accept my hand without my heart but i'll present my knee to him and by his lofty rank implore him now to do a lofty deed will lift its stately head above his rank assert him nobler yet in worth than name and in place of an unwilling bride unto a willing debt make him lord whose thanks shall be his vassals night and day that still shall wait upon him what means this what is it behooves a wife to bring her lord a whole heart and a true one i have none not half a heart the fraction of a heart am i a woman it befits to wed why where's thy heart gone out of my keeping lost past recovery right and title to it and all given up and he that's owner on it so fit to wear it were it fifty hearts i'd give it to him all thou dost not mean his lordship's secretary yes away disguises in that secretary no the master of the heart of which the poor unvalued empty casket at your feet its jewel gone i now despairing throw Kneels. of his lord's bride he's lord lord paramount to whom her virgin homage first she paid gainst whom rebelled in frowardness alone nor knew herself how loyal to him till another claimed her duty then awoke to sense of all she owed him all his worth all her undeservings lady we came not here to treat of hearts but marriage 
which so please you is with us a simple joining by the priest of hands a ring's put on a prayer or two is said your man and wife and nothing more for hearts we oftener do without them than with them lady so does not wed this lady who are you i'm secretary to the earl of rochdale my lord i know him not i know him now your lordship's rival once sir thomas clifford yes and the bridegroom of that lady then then loved her loves her still was loved by her though she knew it not is loved by her as now she knows and all the world may know we can't be laughed at we are here to wed and shall fulfil our contract clifford julia you will not give your hand a pause julia seems utterly lost you have forgot again you have a father bring him now to see thy julia justify thy training and lay her life down to redeem her word and so redeems her all is it your will my lord these nuptials shall go on it is then is it mine they stop i told your lordship you should not keep a hunchback for your agent thought like my father my good lord who said he would not have a hunchback for his son so do i pardon you the savage slight my lord that i am not as straight as you was blemished neither of my thought nor will my head nor heart it was no act of mine yet it did curdle nature's kindly milk ere when tis richest in a parent's breast to cast me out to heartless fosterage nor heartless always as it proved and give my portion to another the same blood but i'll be sworn in vain my lord and soul although his trunk did swerve no more than yours not half so straight as i upon my life you've got a modest agent rockdale now he'll prove himself descended mark my words from some small gentleman and so you thought where nature played the churl it would be fit that fortune played it too you would have had my lord dissolve me of my agency fair lord the flaw did cost me fifty times a hundred times my agency but all's recovered look my lord a testament to make a pension of his lordship's rent-roll it is my father's and was left by him in case his heir should die without a son then to be opened heaven did send a son to bless the heir heaven took its gift away he died his father died and master walter the unsightly agent of his lordship there the hunchback whom your lordship would have stripped of his agency is now the earl of rochdale we've made a small mistake here never mind tis nothing in a lord the earl of rochdale and what of that thou knowest not half my greatness the prouder title julia have i yet sooner than part with which i'd give that up and be again plain master walter what dost thou not apprehend me yes thou dost command thyself do not gasp my pupil daughter 
come to thy father's heart. Julia rushes into his arms. Enter Fathom. Thievery, elopement, escape, arrest. What's the matter? Mistress Helen is running away with Master Modus. Master Modus is running away with Mistress Helen. But we have caught them, secured them, and here they come to receive the reward of their merits. Enter Helen and Modus, followed by servants. I'll ne'er wed man, if not my cousin Modus. Nor woman I, save cousin Helen's she. Master Walter to Master Hartwell. A daughter have you, and a nephew too, without their match in duty. Let them marry. For you, sir, who to-day have lost an earldom, yet would have shared that earldom with my child, my only one, content yourself with prospect of the succession. It must fall to you, and fit yourself to grace it. Ape not those who rank by pride. The man of simplest bearing is yet a lord, when he's a lord indeed. The paradox is obsolete. Ne'er heed. Learn from his book, and practice out of mine. Sir Thomas Clifford, take my daughter's hand. If now you know the master of her heart, give it, my Julia. You suspect, I see, and rightly, that there has been some masking here. Content thee, daughter, thou shalt know anon how jealousy of my misshapen back made me distrustful of a child's affections, who doubted e'en a wife's, so that I dropped the title of thy father, lest thy duty should pay the debt thy love could solve alone. All this and more, that to thy friends and thee pertains, at fitting time thou shalt be told. But now thy nuptials wait, the happy close of thy hard trial, wholesome, though severe. The world won't cheat thee now, thy heart is proved. Thou knowest thy peace by finding out its bane, and ne'er will act from reckless impulse more. End of Act Five. End of The Hunchback by James Sheridan Knowles.